Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen? And so are you! <laughs> Greetings once again, Screamers! Welcome to episode 12 of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. Tonight, I'm going to be taking a look at the 2010 remake of Night of the Demons! So pop that lipstick out of your boob, because we're going to find out if this is a Halloween trick or a Halloween turd. And then, it's another installment of The Crapshoot, and I'll be going across the pond to see how our folks over in jolly old England take their... Exam. So you better dust off your grooviest boogie shoes because it is time to get funky with your monkey and loose with your goose. And we're going to start it right after these news announcements. Fail. In the darkness of a hot summer night in 1873, in the crowded tenements of Manhattan, Nicholas Ryan and his sister Mary were brutally murdered. The savage and bizarre nature of the crime was shocking, even for the notorious Five Points District. The entire city held its breath in fear. The murderer was never found. Living Theatre presents the Lower East Side Murder Mystery, The Ryan Case based on an actual, historical, unsolved murder, in which you take the role of detective, searching the bustling streets of modern-day Manhattan, scour dark alleys and seedy lairs to hunt down a host of dubious suspects, search for clues, unearth the truth, bring justice to the slain. Come live out the Lower East Side murder mystery every Saturday night at 6pm all summer long. For more information or to order tickets, visit www.liveintheatre.com or call 212-780-4787. History couldn't catch this fiendish killer. Can you? Howdy, everyone. This is Matt from Deadlantern.com's world-famous Splattercast. Now, when Jeff, DJ, Steve, and myself aren't discussing how Eisenstein's theory of dialectical montage provides a provocative counterbalance to the objective reality of Bazan's mise-en-scene in regards to George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, we're making horror movies. Our latest film is called Outpost Doom, and it's available right now for the low price of $10, including free shipping. Outpost Doom is a story of two escaped prisoners who find shelter inside an old barn while being hunted by a giant tentacled monster. Once inside, they find a group of survivors who slowly realize that they are being hunted by something far more deadly than the monster outside. The film is a throwback to murder mysteries and horror films of the 30s and 40s. Eric from the Dark Hours podcast calls it, quote, Night of the Living Dead meets the Creeping Terror, unquote. So how do you get your hands on a glorious copy of this movie? Head on over to DeadLantern.com and order yours for the measly low price of 10 bucks, including that wonderful free shipping. DVD extras include deleted scenes, audio commentaries, and a documentary. Plus, you'll get a special handwritten note by none other than DJ himself. 
And if that doesn't entice you, consider this. Not only will you be helping to support indie filmmakers and a fellow podcast, but all proceeds go towards helping us make our newest film, Isabel, which is a gory slasher flick. So in effect, buying Outpost Doom makes you a de facto producer on our next film. How cool is that? Don't forget to visit Deadlantern.com to view a trailer for Outpost Doom and to purchase your very own copy. I thank you for your time, and we'll catch you on the Splattercast. All right, kidlets. Now, before we go any further, I just wanted to make an apology. Uh, during last week's show, after I played the uh, Outpost Doom promo from the Dead Lantern Splattercast guys, I made fun of Matt, who's one of the hosts of the show, and because he's on a show that makes fun of me a lot. And I meant it as a joke, and he was ups- he got upset. And I don't want to be that kind of podcaster who just, okay, I'm a bitch, but I don't want to be a dick, is what I'm trying to say. So, Matt, what I meant was in fun. It probably wasn't good to do that when you're trying to sell a product. That wasn't very nice, and I apologize. And I just bought a copy with my own money. So, peace? Okay. And speaking of being a dick, I want to say a huge fuck you to the guy in the audience last night at the Lower East Side Murder Mystery, which is, if you're new to the show, a show that I'm performing in here in New York City. It's on the streets, it's interactive, and sometimes people get way too into it in the wrong way. Okay, because you're, if, you're if you're doing the show, you get split up into teams, you get all the details of the crime, and you're given a map, and you're set loose on the streets of Chinatown to hunt down us, the suspects, to grill the hell out of us to try to solve this horrible double murder, right? And what tends to happen is sometimes, well, actually far too often, you get somebody who takes the concept of being a police officer for the night way too seriously and they start to get either bullying or physical or both and it just sucks and last night i had a dick in the crowd who actually put me in a goddamn headlock in the middle of the fucking park yeah because you see the group comes up to me and i always give them a hard time you know i'm I'm a hostile witness you know i always try to get away give them some snide answers start to walk away and it's supposed to be funny they're like oh no no you're not going anywhere but this guy grabs me by the arm jams it all the way up into the back of my neck puts me in a headlock and had me bent over this damn park bench which you know normally i wouldn't mind but in this circumstance i did not enjoy it and it really fucking hurts and i'm like dude This is a game. All right, it's a piece of theater, but it's also a game. It's for fun. Who the fuck do you think you are? If you... I could press charges against you for this. And by the way, my shoulder hurts today. But, you know, I did... I invoked my power, which I'm not... Which we're supposed to reserve for very special circumstances, but I booted him from the game. I got out of it, and I looked at him, and I said, Game over, bitch! And when his group left, I called the the, uh, company manager and had him removed. And I felt good about it. So to that guy who was wearing the sunglasses at night, in the dark, in the park, where there was no streetlights, and thought he was so cool that he could manhandle the actors in front of his date, fuck you. Let's talk about scary movies, okay? Yes, so um, once again, the New York City Horror Movie Meetup Group came through with some free tickets to get to see a screening of Night of the Demons, 2010 remake. Now, I didn't realize this was already available on DVD because I was in Best Buy that morning and there it was looking at me and I'm like, well, I guess this isn't so special after all. But you know what? I'm getting to see it with the crowd and I must be excited about it because I've been talking for a really long time without taking a breath and if I knew I was going to talk this long, I probably would have been taking a breath. (sighs) Taking my asthma medicine. While I try to recuperate, let's listen to the trailer. Um, something's 
not right. Did you see those things? What the fuck was that? Those things are demons. They're scandalous. Get the fuck out of here. We're stuck in a closet. Not a closet. It's a fucking pantry. I think the thing wanted to fuck me. Ew. No costume, no candy, motherfucker! Yes. We're the only things standing between them and the end of the world. That's awesome. Come and get me, motherfuckers. That's Night of the Demons. Uh, before I start talking about the movie, of course, I have to talk about the line waiting for the movie. Because this being a free screening, you gotta line up hours in advance, and maybe you'll get in, maybe you won't. So the line is part of the show for me. And first of all, we're at a... This was screening in an art house, which surprised me. But one of the movies that was playing there, one of the other movies on the marquee, was a film called Ticked Off Trannies with Knives. Based on the title alone, I have got to see this movie. It sounds awesome. I know it was at the Tribeca Film Festival a couple of months ago, and it caused quite a stir among certain gay activist groups who didn't like the title, who thought it sounded like all trannies were going to be hunting you down with butterfly knives or some shit. But you know what? I don't care. It sounds awesome. Just the sort of thing we should be talking about here on Scream Queens. The podcast where Harry gets met, but you know that already. Anyway, so... On the line, I met two lovely ladies, uh, Jennifer and her friend May, who kept me entertained for the hours and hours and hours that we were standing out there. Jennifer is just very funny and witty and just had me cracking up, and May is also very sweet and did something that I will never forget. We're standing and we're waiting and we're standing and we're waiting, and I start to realize that my bottom of my shoe... Sneaker is sticking to the sidewalk. I'm like, oh shit, did I step in gum? And I look at my heel. Lo and behold, I stepped in gum. Not so bad, because it was called out, so it was kind of hard. So I was able to just pick it off and throw it into the street. When May saw this, she just goes, ah, you touched gum! And the next thing I know, I've got an entire bottle of Purell dumped into my hand. She's like, ah, 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 ah. Now all of a sudden, everybody's staring at me. I've got like a gallon of snot in my hand. And they're like, it's dripping everywhere. Everybody's like, oh my God, what did you do? And I'm like, oh, I had an accident. It basically looked like I, well, spermulated all over myself. And dripping everywhere. And then everyone's like, oh, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. And she's like, he touched gum. And then the whole line is like, ew, you touched gum. What's the matter with you? I'm like, what was I supposed to do? It was stuffed to the bottom of my shoe. Like, get a stick. Why did you use a stick? I'm like, I don't have a stick. And it just went on and on and on. And it was very embarrassing and very funny. And I will never forget that. And for that, May and Jennifer, you are my Scream Queens of the Week. Yay! Yay! Congratulations, and as always, there's no fucking tiara for you. It's mine. Mine, 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 mine. Let's talk about the movie now, okay? Okay. Uh, obviously, None of the Demons is a remake of the Kevin Tenney film from 1988, which uh, is, is one of my favorites. You know, it, So I'm going into the big bias. However... 
However, I was ready for a good time. The director was actually there, and he was, um, something. But we'll talk about him later. Uh, the story is kind of similar, but not really. Um, it follows a group of kids. Not really. Well, yet still young adults. Who are going to a rave party thing that's hosted by Shannon Elizabeth, who's in this movie's version of the Angela role. And they're having it at the Broussard Mansion. He's in New Orleans this time, and... Uh, the Broussard Mansion was the site of this mysterious event back in the 20s, I believe, or something like that, where, um, I forget her name, let's say Lady Broussard, Broussard, had a dinner party, and all the guests disappeared without a trace. And then, at the end of the party, she hung herself from the balcony. Which I guess means the souffle fell. I don't know. So now it's present day, the place has been abandoned since God knows when, until tonight. She's rented it for this Halloween hoot nanny party. Thing. So we have your happy-go-lucky young people that are going there, and they're pretty much indistinguishable from each other. In, the, in fact, two of the girls are wearing the same costume. The two big-titty girls are both dressed as cats. So they, they, they're kind of blended together in my head as one character with four boobs. And so we're at the party, and there's lots of drunken debauchery, and you know, girls becoming lesbians for the night, and making out, and dancing, and gyrating, and this, that, and the other thing. But the police show up, dun dun dun, and shut the whole thing down. Now for some reason a handful of them don't leave. When the police leave, they lock the gates and accidentally lock them in. Or something, it was kind of weak. The power goes out, they go hunting for the power box in the basement, and instead they find a secret compartment. And in the secret compartment are six really old skeletons. And so, what did they do? Absolutely nothing. Nobody's, nobody seems particularly concerned that there's a whole bunch of dead people in the basement. Everyone's like, ah, eh, they're really old, let's play spin the bottle. But before they do that, Shannon Elizabeth, for some reason, notices, hey, this one's got a gold tooth, and sticks her finger in the damn mouth of the skeleton, which chomps at it. And so slowly, she starts to turn into a demon, because she's been possessed. Eventually, the demonic possession spreads from one to the other, from one to the other. The ones who don't get possessed get torn apart by the others, and... And gore-dripping hijinks ensue. Uh, this is not great. It was fun seeing it on a big screen with a crowd that loves this sort of thing, but the movie itself, it never really grabbed me. It takes forever to get started, for one thing. Edward Furlong is in this, by the way, too. I, I forgot to mention him. He plays this drug dealer that makes his way into the party, and before they get to the party, we spend a huge amount of time with Edward Furlong's character, meeting with his, his I don't know, his supplier, I don't know the terms in the, in the industry, but the person who he owes a whole shitload of money to. So we spent a huge amount of time with him and this drug dealer discussing, you have to get me double of what you made me last time, because if you don't, I'm going to hunt you down and kill you. Now, of course, I said that in five seconds, but they stretched this out for like 10 minutes, and the whole time the drug dealer is getting a blowjob from some blonde girl. And I remember thinking, hey, mom, I'm in a movie. Did you see me? Did you see me in the movie? I was the blowjob girl. Regardless. I kept waiting for this to come back into the film later on since they spent so much time for it. Oh, the drug dealer is going to show up or something. But it never happens. But waste of film. Anyway, when uh, the um, director was talking to us before the film, he was talking about how this was like a Halloween gift or something for, his 17, for the horny 17-year-old kid that he was. And that's what it feels like. There's not a lot of skill involved here. This director, I forget his name, but he also made the movie Autopsy, which was one of the After Dark Horror Fest films, which I thought was horrendous. Terrible film. And this is not awful, but it's not good either. And when I say it kind of is catering to the horny 17-year-old, it it's like this movie is trying to be a lot hipper and cooler and scarier and sexier and naughtier than it actually is. So it seems like a 17-year-old trying way too hard and not really 
having anything to back it up. I mean, yeah, there's some boobs in it, but, you know, given the, not a lot, and the violence is there, but there's a problem with the filmmaking in this, in that this, every time there's an attack or something exciting going on, it goes to that shaky cam thing combined with fast cuts. It makes it really hard to find, figure out what the hell's going on. And while I was on board with the movie for a while, as it went on, I just got less and less involved. There's a scene that happens in this underground tunnel where I have no idea what happened because it was so shaky and so quick cut. And every time anything exciting is going on, it's an excuse to blare heavy metal music so loud that it's drowning out the dialogue. So I can't hear it. I can't see it. I can't smell it, obviously, but I, it, I didn't know what was happening. And I don't like that. There are some good effects. Surprisingly, there's not a lot of gore. There's a lot of blood and maggots and, and, and you know, makeup effects in the face and stuff, but there's not a lot of gore. When, when the killings happen, they're so, again, quick cut. You only get flashes. You only see a second of things. So a couple of times when some of the gorier things happened, I wasn't exactly sure what I saw because it was just a quick cut, a big red splotchy Thing, and I found out later that somebody had their face ripped off. But at the time, I'm like, I, I don't know what that was. That could have been a shot of a pot roast. A scary pot roast. There's lots of people get possessed rather than torn apart. But, uh, you know that whole lipstick thing that made the first one infamous? Where Linny Quigley took that lipstick and drew circles around her boob and then pff, put it in the nipple and poof, it's a handy storage packet. Well, they revisit that little prank here as well and build on it. Which brings me to my next point. Exploding vaginas. This movie doesn't have one. It has two. Count them. Two exploding vaginas. Exploding vagina with maggots. I hate you. Now granted the first film was flawed. But there was a certain earnestness to it that I appreciated. For one thing this, this mansion that they're in. Should be scary as a set. But it's not. It's got no style. It's kind of bland. And I really loved the set and the original. Everything about it was creaky and spooky and, and fun and almost like a, a haunted house ride in itself. And this, man, you, considering the size of the place, they keep showing the same bathroom over and over again. And everything scary happens in this bathroom for a, the longest time. I'm like, oh my god, don't go to the bathroom! Which sounds like one of those early 80s, late 70s movies. Don't answer the phone. Don't look in the basement. Don't go in the woods. Don't go to the bathroom! And this sounds stupid, but the demons had more character in the original. These ones just snarl and hiss and everything. Where the other one, there was some fun to be had. There was, there was a sense of suspense. There was a sense of play. This is so in-your-face all the time. It feels like a 17-year-old made. It's like, oh my god, look how extreme I'm being when I'm really not. I'm just making it look extreme because it's really loud. Yeah, and see how awesome it is, because these demons, they have an orgy and stuff, even though it's not really much of an orgy, it's kind of just a suggestion of an orgy. And they have sex all the time, Now they can spread the demonic possession by sex, even though, and we show it a lot, we show it a lot, even though we don't really show anything, and it's, 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 it's awesome, and stuff. <laughs> nothing went far enough, that's my problem with the film, I mean, not the comedy, not the, the scares, not the gore, nothing, but it kept promising to, yeah. Uh, the acting's fine. I have no problem with the acting. You know, Shannon Elizabeth is okay in this. I would think when you're playing a, 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 this sexy character, she would have done better here. There was this point where she's squatting at the top of the staircase, speaking to the, the party guests, and it looks like she's going to pinch a loaf. It's not sexy at all. And she held it for this whole speech, and I'm like, oh my god, she's constipated. Ew. Monica Keener's in this. She's the heroine. She was in the Freddy vs. Jason. She's fine in this. I have no problem with her, except... Towards the end, she has this ridiculous...
ridiculous scene of exposition where mysteriously she knows everything about demons. Shouldn't you never heard of it before in your life? She's like, oh, rust hurts them because everybody knows that demons are made out of basic elements like iron. And if they're made of iron, then rust would be a threat to them. And she knows everything. All of a sudden, she's got this weird blank look in her face and it's just dumb. Like most modern movies, way too much exposition. We get it. They're demons. They're from hell. We don't need to have a whole backstory about the demons. They want to kill us and do bad things. So please stop promising me bad things and show me some bad things. Or I'll do them myself. Because I do bad things. I'm doing a bad thing right now. I'm wearing white after Labor Day. Oh, one good thing about the movie, though. We got a great piece of swag. It was just one tiny thing, and they're handing it out to everybody. And everyone's like, what is this? It was a lipstick. It was a lipstick case that says, None of the Demons. And it took everybody forever to figure out that it was a pen, myself included. But I'm like, this is awesome. I got a night of lipstick. A Night of the Lipstick Demon. Okay, I got a Night of the Lipstick Demon. I'm going to go with that. That was cool. Oh, and Linnea Quigley has a fun little cameo in this, wearing her same little outfit and bending over a lot and showing her panties. But, you know, that's what she does. That's what she's good at, and that's why we love her. We love you, Linnea, even though you scan game. And, you know, I spent enough time talking about this, I think. As a rental, it's not bad. You could do worse. It's all right for a Halloween party, but it's not worth a buy. And if I don't think it's getting a theatrical release, but no, definitely no, 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 no. Um, so Night of the Demons, eh, rewatch the original. Which may not be a great movie, but at least no one's vagina explodes. Hey, my vagina is eight miles wide. Absolutely everyone can come inside. If you're ever frightened, just run and hide. My vagina is eight miles Like a penis, but reversible. Come on in, the water's fine. It's not my vagina. Pampers, bitch asses, it's time for the crap shoot! <laughs> Paul? 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 Okay, I was confused. Right, for this week's crap shoot, we're gonna be looking at a little British shocker called Exam. And it's gonna make the SAT look like a walk in the park. Let's take a listen to the trailer, shall we? Pip pip, very good. What, 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 what? Many highly qualified candidates have tried to reach this point and failed. You have succeeded. And now the final stage lies before you. If you try to communicate with myself or the guard, you will be disqualified. 
If you spoil your paper, intentionally or accidentally, you will be disqualified. If you choose to leave this room for any reason, you will be disqualified. Begin. It's not about what he said. It's what he didn't say. He didn't say we can't speak to each other. It's not about the answer. It's about the question. What is the question? We've got 74 minutes left to figure that out. This is no ordinary selection process. We have to work together. We have to cooperate. And why should I help you to beat me? Perhaps we're not meant to cooperate at all. What is the question? Get off me! Lying is not against the rules, is it? He's an enemy of the group. You never had cause to trust each other in the first place. Bastards! Please stop! Do it! Okay, in the movie exam, it's sometime in the near future. Now, the world is apparently run by this huge mega conglomerate umbrella corporation type corporation. And um, we are here with eight candidates who are applying for one super duper high level executive job at this mysterious corporation. Now, it's the final round of their eliminations, I suppose. And it's a written exam. Now, they're all brought into this room. And they are told by the invigilator, I love the British, the invigilator, basically the moderator for the exam. Well, you heard it all in the trailer. They have 80 minutes to finish the exam, and they're not allowed to talk to anybody, and, you know, they'll, or they'll be eliminated. If they mess up their paper, they'll be eliminated. If they do anything to fuck up anything, they're going to be eliminated. Now, what you didn't get from the trailer was that when it's time to start the exam, they flip over their paper, there's nothing on it. Not a thing, so they're all like, yo, where's the test? But they can't ask anybody because they'll be eliminated. So finally, they figure out that they have 80 minutes to figure out what the question is so they can answer it. Now, when I saw the trailer for this, I said, oh my god, this looks amazing. This looks intense. This looks cool. This looks really scary. And you know what? It's mismarketed. The trailer really makes it look like it's going to be an intense intense horror thriller and it's not it's a thriller it's a psychological thriller there's no horror elements really i thought but you do get a tense suspenseful little film that's very successful for the most part like i said well as i was watching it, i'm going this really isn't a horror film is it but then i said you know what for a lot of people job interviews are really fucking scary so for some for some people this is our movie so right on the reason why it's not a horror movie is that there's no physical threat here the way the trailer makes it look it looks like if they get the question wrong, or if they screw up the examination anyway, they're going to die. They don't. They just are made to leave the room. They're eliminated from the competition. And to be perfectly honest, once this became clear that nobody was going to die, I have to admit I was kind of disappointed. Um, when the first person is getting eliminated, I'm like, oh my god, this is so tense. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. They're being let out of the room, and the door closes, and that was it. And then I'm like, oh, well, we're probably going to find out later that they were killed. But... They weren't. And after a while, that didn't matter. Um, because the action becomes 
well, like so many of these movies do, like Lord of the Flies. People's true colors come out, and, you know, it's mind games to trick other people into screwing up the exam on purpose, and, and, and eventually it descends into violence. And while not over-the-top violence, it's, it's effective for what it is. Somebody does something with a single sheet of paper to terrorize somebody else that had me squirming in my seat and covering my eyes. And that's hard to do outside of a fisting video. Um, I mean, outside of um, really gory films. Um, it's fun. I gotta say, it's a fun little movie. I liked it. It gets a little haywire in the end. I'm not gonna tell you what the explanation is, but what this is all about. But the last 10 minutes, I was like, okay, we just went off the deep end a little bit. But you know what? I'm in it, in it for, in for a penny, in for a pound, as they say. So obviously, it's very talky. There's no, not a lot of action. It's very cerebral. It's a little slow, but I think that's part of it. It helps with the claustrophobic feel. The look of it, I think, is cool. The room is very stark and gray, and the people are very stark and gray in their business suits, and everything's perfect about them, and... And plus, they're British, and that adds that uptightness to it that just is fun to watch unravel over the run of the film. My problem with it is there's some weird logic things. Like, like I said, it's sometime in the near future. And the only reason I can see for setting it in the near future is that this is after some plague has wiped out a lot of the population. We've recovered from the plague. It's a thing of the past, but some people are still infected, but they're living with it. One of the characters is infected with this virus. And um, somebody steals his medicine at one point. Now, he has to take his medicine every hour, I believe, or he's going to die within minutes. He only brought one dose. Like, you weren't going to live through the test anyway, because it's an 80-minute test. And where, why would you even leave the house without like a whole day's worth of, of doses if you had this condition? But you know what? Okay, fine fine it just seemed weird that they made that specification then immediately were like okay this guy who's gonna become a major corporate executive doesn't have enough foresight to carry a backup pill the problem with this movie is that it's really hard to talk about without spoiling it and i don't want to spoil it i don't think it's out on dvd yet and for some people it's worth a watch and it's not for everybody if you like things like cube you will like it it's not as intense as cube but it's in that vein if you like mind game type films you'll like it it it, it plays with your head a lot and I like that. I like it when you play with the head. It's very sensitive. Oh, God, I gross myself out sometimes. So, in crapshoot terms, it's not quite a gem, but it ain't shit either. So, I um, don't have a term for that yet. It's a, it's a cautious recommend. Can I go back to using my porn voice again now? No? Oh.
Hello, Patrick. This is Zombark calling. Zombark. I wanted to thank you so much for playing my Hatchet 2 review. And now, without further ado, here You're are welcome. just a couple of words I use to describe my whole. Piercing. Whooping. Chattering. Crooning. It, bellowing. It, it, yapping. Fizzing. Trumpeting. Mm. Swishing. Rumbling. Bubbling. Cooing. Tranquil. <laughs> cacophonous. Yeah. Rhythmic. <laughs> booming. Mooing. Raw. Chapped. Grimy. Abrasive. Rasping. Prickly. Clammy. Gross. Pulpy, glossy. Gross. Wet. Pocked. Foamy. Dank. Cushioned. Fluffy. Sheer. Fluffy? Gritty. Rutted. Velvety. Waxy. Coarse. Greasy. Curdled. Creamy. Matted. Stubbly. Earthy. Pungent. Acrid. Flowery. Fishy. Tart. Minty. Oh. Moist. Putrid. Sour. Musty. Uh, uh, articulated. Uh, droopy. Erect. Dappled. Shapely. Swollen. Concave. Convex. Sunken. Contoured. Protruding. Veined. Spiked. Worm-like. Crowned. Cupped. Serpentine. Girth. Sinuous. Baggy. Tight. Winding. Corkscrew. Crystalline. Fanned. And plump. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Zombard. I think I passed out somewhere around Droopy. Someone bought a thesaurus. Nicely done, sir. Touché. Touché. But I must admit, I do believe you left out contaminated. Questionable. And quarantined. And always welcome on my show. Thank you for calling, Zombart. That was gross. Just like I like it. Metal Mikey here, Patrick. Patrick, hey, Metal Mikey. Can I have some more Scream Queens? Why, yes. Yes, I can. Because I listened to episodes 9 and 10 today Ooh. of Scream Queens, which, by the way, is now in the double digits. So congratulations, my man. Oh, thank you. You officially now rock. And now? at this point, you're probably more regular than some podcasts out there, including my own. I eat Anyways, a lot of fiber. A few notes about your contents. First off, you actually farted at Keanu Reeves. Don't be embarrassed. I consider that to be one of your most epic achievements in your life. So do I. The only way you could probably achieve more epicosity is if I see you one day on the Academy Award ceremony accepting your best actor nod, you openly and weeping on stage. No, you probably wouldn't openly weep if you got the best actor. You probably I might be openly like, fart. All right, I got the mic. Now let's hear some shit going down. Fuck Anyways, you! Yeah, that, that's just the only. That may be one of the other options for you to be more epic. You're already pretty damn epic as is. You know oh, what the hell am I rambling about? Uh, and, hey, you know what? Ryan Reynolds' character from Buried is from Hastings. You know what? Mitten State, represent. Just hey, saying. Oh, yeah. 
And you know what? You made a lot of jokes about people in holes in Episode 9, but you know what? You had enough class and taste to not openly invite the 2001 Maniacs cast in your hole. And judging from the sound of the movie, it sounds like if you uh, did, you'd probably catch some really nasty venereal disease from it. I'd probably get a buzz on it. I don't know. I guess I was kind of partly bummed about your review of Hatchet 2 because I was kind of looking forward to seeing it. Of course, you know, I being in even a slightly bigger city in Michigan still have no fucking chance of seeing unrated movies on a big screen spread like that. But I was actually kind of looking forward to seeing Hatchet 2 because I really do like the first one. And I may still give Part 2 a shot if I can get access to it. It's not it's that bad. It's kind of like, you know, you made it really generally start off very promising. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against, like, really bloody slaughter films. Like, they could be fun at times. It's just sort yes, of like, you yes. know, it's such a promising first half. I'd almost expect it to just kind of carry over and be something a bit more transcendent than that. But hey, you can't always get what you want, especially in the slasher genre of picks. No. And, no. oh... Fuck, I want to say it possibly was Zombart that issued the question as to favorite monster puppet yes, from any horror film. Now, my nomination may not exactly be a popular one, but recent viewings of mine brought me to this point, which is I remember seeing about, about a month ago now my first ever viewing of Deadly Spawn or Return of the Alien Deadly Spawn or whatever yes. that fuck yes. title you're going on with it. There was a lot of really nice puppetry work in it, even like the little finger Farm puppet puppets. alien tadpole monsters. I was sort of like, wow, this has a lot of charm to it. Sperm. So I actually would nominate that as my current, off the top of my head, favorite Farm monster puppet. puppet. In Sperm a puppet. horror film, Deadly Spawn, Sperm. you can't go wrong with tiny tadpoles, Sperm. flesh eaters, or gigantic Sperm. Pac-Man on steroids and bad acne creatures. Sperm. Oh, and also, slight nod to my homeboy on Tatooine, Jabba the Hutt. That's right. From Return of the Jedi, one of my other favorite major puppets in films. Because that thing is just so fucking huge, and he was a puppet. It just stuck out in my mind ever since I was a little ah. little Mikey, or as ah. I can be affectionately known as, ever since I was a baby Skeletor and grew into a metal Mikey. So, anyways, excellent job, Patrick. You take it easy, and of course, I look forward to listening to you soon because I just downloaded the new episode yesterday, and we'll be putting it on my player tonight. Rock solid. Peace, bye. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Metal Mikey, calling in again. Uh, that was a lot to cover. Um, Jabba the Hutt wasn't real? Wow. Um, yeah, and I, I always figured that you would be more like that green bitch in the bikini in that scene, you know, that was dancing around like, la 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 that were my, that's, that's, that's how I see you in Return of the Jedi. Uh, Return of the Deadly Spawn. God, I haven't seen that since I was in high school. I liked it at the time. I remember everybody looked like sperm, sort of way. I mean, the puppets looked like sperm, and if that's what you like in a puppet, then I don't... I've got nothing to say. I don't have anything to say. That's what I have to say. Sperm puppets from... That'd be awesome. In a vial. Uh, I would like to see that movie again. It was low budget, but it was a lot of fun. I remember that. It had good sense of humor and a lot of splat going on, like buckets of goo being tossed about, but with the story behind it, so I applaud that. Hatchet 2 is not that bad. I did not give it a great review because it's not great. By all means, go see it if you want to. I doubt it's playing anymore still. Um, 
But as a rental, it'll be fine. But like you said, the, that first half did not live up to the second half because they were sending hunters out to take down whatever his name is, Victor Crowley. So I thought we were going to be in for battle. I thought we were going to be in for some war. But as soon as they got there, they became like everybody else in the slasher movie. And so I felt let down. But don't let that stop you from seeing it and stuff. What else did you have to say to me? I will never be embarrassed of farting on Keanu Reeves. Ever. Ever. My mother's probably embarrassed that I keep talking about it in a public forum. But you know what? It's a natural um, bodily function. And it was kind of like my body's defense system. You know, like like squids in ink. It was like, ah, Keanu Reeves! And it did keep me safe. It worked. It totally worked. Uh, I forget what else you said. Oh, your favorite puppets. Yes. Um, Zombar took me by surprise when he sprung that question on me. And uh, I think I said something stupid like the Fright Night thing. But now that I thought about it, my favorite horror puppet is Madam. As in Waylon Flowers and Madam. That bitch was scary. And she had a penis for a nose and was on television and nobody noticed. Ha ha! Way to go, Waylon. Rest in peace. Oh, and you wanted to comment on the tactful way that I handled Zombart's hole. Well, Zombart himself threw tact out the window already, so the show is ruined. Whatever, this whole classy thing that I've been trying to set up, gone, 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 like the wind, wind, wind. Good, good, good. Okay, I think that's about all the time I've got for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Like always, if you want to reach me here at the show, you can give me a call at 347-767-3509. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And that's Queens with a Z! You can like me on Facebook. You can tweet me on Twitter. And you can just be the best you that you can be. Oh, and before I go, I did want to give a huge thank you to the folks over at the Movies About Girls podcast who invited me on to guest host on their show for a little bit last Saturday. I'll be including that as bonus material probably sometime during this week because my schedule is going bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. And don't you worry that... Don't you worry that... uh, Don't you worry, Brian from Drunken Zombie is going to be showing up soon with his co-review of Hellbent. And you know who else is going to be on? Mr. Brad, he's going to be helping out too. So that's going to be a whole conglomeration and we're saving that for the Halloween. No, I already used spectacular extravaganza. The Halloween extravaganza. Okay, that's stupid too. All right, until next time, it's been great seeing you. Sort of, not real. It's been great not seeing or hearing you, but knowing that you're out there. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, All right. If you don't take off my wedding dress, you can at least stop looking better in it than I did. Bye! I go hunting for witches. Heads up, Gary's Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches!